It don't matter, I guess. Either way. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on thee I'll stand. There my home shall be Beulah land, sweet Beulah land, I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I have never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken, for time won't matter anymore. And someday on thee I'll stand. There my home shall be eternal. We certainly are grateful to the Lord for all He's done for us. And as we reflect and look back on last year, of course, there's so many things we could discuss. And during the course of the presentation tonight, we'll address some of those. But tonight, we want to just kick things off. Um, Go ahead and set that up there, guys, and have it ready to go. It's Vision Night, 2018. And so tonight, we're going to kind of just share a couple of thoughts as far as... Uh, there we go. As we consider going backwards into 2017, and then we'll bring it right on up to 18, and we'll unveil our new theme and the whole deal. But again, I'm glad you're here to share in it. I tell you what, there is no church without the people. Let's face it. It doesn't matter the pastor in the long run. He's just one of the members, and he's got to learn to uh, work together with the membership, and the membership works together with the pastor. And before it's over with, God does a great thing. And we've watched God do miracles at Community Baptist Temple, and we are thrilled to be a part of that. We really are. And uh, I know that you are as well. And uh, boy, I tell you, we had a great year. So I want to get things kicked off tonight. We'll have a word of prayer and then we're just going to run right through this. There's like about 300 slides and sitting on teasing. But anyway, we'll get through it. There's a number of slides here, but we're going to share some things from the word of God as well. And I want to try to encourage you as we move forward, as we introduce the theme, I want to kind of introduce the the kind of thought behind it as well. So it's not just, well, there's the theme and let's move forward. We're going to kind of move into it. All right. 
So let's go ahead and uh, have a word of prayer. Uh, Glad you could be here tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We are just uh, so thankful to be a part of your family and, Lord, to be a part of this church. And I understand, Lord, and realize that, Father, um, that so many people are so many places and not every church is for everybody and the whole deal. I get that. But, Lord, I'm glad you have assembled this group. I'm glad you brought this people here. And, Lord, my heart has been blessed and encouraged. And, Lord, over these last few months, Lord, the church has been so good to me and my family. And, Lord, so good to the staff. And, Lord, we are so thankful, Father, for just how good you are to us. And we pray, Lord, as we go through this next year, everything we say, everything we do, will always bring glory to you, Lord. May it not reflect specifically on a person. May it always direct attention to you. May you be magnified and glorified in 2018 here at Community Baptist Temple. Now, Lord, we'll love you. We'll thank you for everything you're going to do and for already what you have done because we do love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Vision Night 2018. First of all, we're at the dawn of a new day. And again, I understand we moved in back in uh, March, but the truth is, it's a new day. As we think about the coming year, we've not been in this building a whole year yet. And so there's many questions. There's a number of things that we have to give consideration to. Oh, well, I, I don't know how that got in there. But, yeah, oh, wow. So anyway, there's little Brad. <laughs> so, I don't know how that got in there, but anyway... Must be a proud grandpa. But we've been sitting on the runway anxiously awaiting to take off for some time. But now we've taken off. I mean, we've become airborne now. And uh, this is, uh, there's bound to be some turbulence along the way, without a doubt. You can't work your way through a new building and a new location and everything that goes with it without a few ups and downs. But I'll tell you what, we've been doing our best to ensure smooth sailing. And you know what? So far, so good. And, uh, wow, I wonder where the so good went. Oh, there it is underneath it for some reason. It, you know, from the time it got to my computer to yours, something went crazy. I hope the rest of it's not all messed up, too. It says, so far, so good. Okay, right there. Take my word for it. <laughs> so, anyway, we had our first service back in March, as we said, and what a blessing that was. I mean, God is so good to us. I had to mention this pulpit because that was such a surprise to me. I still remember coming in, not even noticing it, sitting down, not noticing it. I think I turned and talked to the choir even for just a very brief second, looked at them, and next thing I know, I turned around when they invited me forward, and I was like, what in the world is that? And boy, I'll tell you what, I know that sounds crazy. I don't know how I can be so, um, I don't know, unobservant, but nonetheless, I am, supposedly, okay? But boy, I'll tell you what, we've had a great service that day. It went so well. And uh, boy, God was good as the choir took its place for the first time in our new building. And Lord, as the singing took place that day, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And we did that day. And the Bible says, make a joyful noise of the Lord, all ye lands. And boy, I'll tell you what, it was a great time of rejoicing that day, wasn't it? Really was. And boy, God was good to us on that first service. And we had a good crowd that day. Notice the yellow chairs. Probably already almost forgot those, but they were there, remember? And those were all the way back to the senior center where we started the church, by the way. Those yellow chairs right there were literally the chairs we sat in when we started Community Baptist Temple, now almost 24 years ago. And so they don't make chairs like they used to, do they? But nonetheless, what a tremendous crowd we had that opening day. We were excited about that. Then also we had our building dedication. I really, be honest with you, 
That was one of the highlights of my year. Probably it, it was it was probably the highlight overall. But just the idea of a, and I'm talking about church, of course. You know, uh, my wife asked me the other day. She said, "What are some of the highlights in the year this year for you?" And of course, uh, you know, we we talk about you know grandbaby or this or that and a few other things. But uh, boy, you know, I'll be honest with you. We can't separate church from our life. It is what we do. I mean, it is our life. And so for her, I mean, I listed these things as well. The building dedication. Boy, I mean, that's just a, a few of the fellows that were involved. I know you can't see them from there. I did that on purpose. You really don't want to see them. But anyway, the, the, the fact is, is that, is that there were a number of fellows that were reading. And boy, I'll tell you what, we began on that Sunday after church, that first service. We began reading the Word of God. We literally can, just went straight through the Word of God in three days. And then that Wednesday, we finished it up. Uh, that Wednesday night before Wednesday night service. And boy, I'll tell you what, we dedicated the building. We dedicated this new pulpit. And boy, God blessed us in that. And that was a highlight to me. I still have that Bible, of course. And uh, it's, it's in the office. Eventually, we're going to find a place for it. I know all the fellows, uh, to my knowledge, signed that Bible. That's a wonderful keepsake. And it's something that we'll keep in the, the future and maybe display at some point when we get some kind of like trophy case type setup or something like that. But what a wonderful thing that was, the building dedication. Not too many churches dedicate their new buildings by reading through the Word of God from start to finish without stopping. I, I, I certainly appreciated the dedication it took to do that. Then there was our open house. Yeah, see, it's messed up. I'm not going to be happy about this. Um, so our open house, uh, man, that's frustrating to me. Um, our open house, September the, uh, 2017, of course, was a, um, a big day. I'm sorry, I'm just a stickler for things to be right, folks. I'm sorry about that. That's blowing my mind. I worked hours on this, okay, just to see that not right, and that really bothers me. It makes me feel like you're going to think that I'm not very detail-oriented. But nonetheless, open house, September 2017. Look at the difference in the auditorium. We got the new chairs up at that point, and uh, boy, just a great crowd there that day as well. I don't know about you, but I thought that went over wonderfully. And uh, boy, there were so many guests, there were people here from all over, and we were able to walk out those doors into a big tent where we had dinner and all of those things. And boy, we just had a lot of good things taking place that day. What a great day that was. Open house, September 2017. And then, of course, we had, um, well, I still got a few more on that, don't I? So anyway, we got some of that going there. Oh, and then we had our missions conference. And I, I thought the missions conference went wonderfully this year. And again, we saw some wonderful things, and we're going to be implementing those things as of this month and starting to move forward in some of those things. We're going to see uh, out here in the foyer somewhere, this is going to be placed. What's in the middle there is actually a TV. There's going to be a television there. There's going to be two different uh, displays there on each side. We'll make sure all the dates are set in those and everything for you. But there's a number of things we're going to do this year, and boy, that's a big part of our future as we move forward our missions, and what we're trying to do to help other churches. We want to assemble and deliver those gift baskets, which we're going to do. Uh, more operation saturations this year. We're going to provide better translated materials for the Spanish ministry. We, uh, of course, are going to add some missionaries, more than four now, because we had such a tremendous amount of giving that came in for the missions, and we'll be able to add a number more than that. And uh, depending on how much we support each missionary for, we'll determine how many exactly we have. But I believe we can have anywhere from nine to, to, to 13 missionaries that we can add. So that's a blessing as well. Now, uh, so that takes work too, by the way. It doesn't just happen. You say, well, go ahead and just, uh, do we have them yet? No, we don't. We're, we're going to be getting people to come on in and things like that. And so through the year, you're going to get to meet some missionaries along the way, and that'll be exciting as well. And then there's, of course, um, 
the missions, uh, we're going to be actually doing some uh, missions uh, um, trips as well. And so we've got Mexico coming up here soon, and we've got the uh, Philippines in January of next year, Jan- end of January, 1st of February. So a lot of great things happening, and I'm excited about the missions and how it's going to affect our future. You talk about our vision. Our vision is really outreach, and we're seeing some wonderful things with our missions that are going to kind of come together and coordinate with everything else that's going on in the church. So we're excited about that. So how do we keep this ministry going? Okay, this is not working for me. I can't even tell what's on there. Can you tell? Can you guys fix that for me while you're up there? So that we can at least see what it's supposed to say. It's supposed to say growing, I believe. Can you, is there any way, uh, Brother Steve, are you up there? No? Okay. I was going to say, can you go through this thing and fix it for me so that we can actually see what it's supposed to say when it's supposed to say it? How do we keep this ministry going and growing? Uh, And Brother Steve, make a note. I need you to tell me how to keep that from ever happening again. Okay? Because that's not going to work ever again. So how do we keep this ministry going and growing? Well, you got that big snowball there, and you know how snowballs work. As you start to roll them, they get bigger and bigger. Well, guess what? It's going to require a lot of effort. But not only that, it... <laughs> All right, it's going about like the day went today. Crazy. All right, this isn't working anymore. Did I, knock, did I maybe mess something up, fellas? I'll shut off, turn it back on. Maybe not. All right. I'll go ahead and, if you're able to put the next slide on. Well, somebody's doing something. I think Brother Steve's trying to help me up there. Yeah. Okay, well, then I guess it's a joke time. No, I'm teasing. I don't have any jokes. I, you don't want to hear the jokes that I had this morning in class. They weren't worth hearing. They, were, <laughs> they weren't worth hearing, I promise you that. Oh, man. Hey, we, oh, look at that. Somebody's really smart up there. Since Brother Steve's not up there, I know who to go to next time. All right. All right, how do we keep, isn't that, doesn't that look a lot better now? Yeah, that looks a lot better. How do we keep this mystery going and growing? Okay, here we go. All right, oh, I just went past the one. Do you see that happening there? Is that crazy? All right, we got a real problem here tonight, folks. This is how the new year's going to go. We're in trouble. All right. <laughs> we better do a lot more praying than we've done in the past. I guarantee you that. All right. Maybe we better go back to last year's theme. Call on, uh, you know, call unto me. Uh, so anyway, and, and I was going to say, anyway, I was going to say, I don't know what I was going to say. We must all work, but there is still more to do. We must all work, but there's still more to do. And so that's important, okay? That's how we're going to make that thing continue to grow and go. Everybody's got to work together as a team, okay? That's how it works, all right? But there's still more to it than just simply working. It's going to take sacrifice. Now, look at that poor lady in there. It may not be the kind of sacrifice that you think, though. Because when we think of sacrifice, what do we think? Oh, all of our time and all of our money and all of our effort. Oh, man, preacher's going to want us to really put out this year. I think it may not be the kind of sacrifice that you think. Okay? And, and the kind of sacrifice required to both please the Father and prosper in the ministry is often... I don't know what that is anymore. 
You, you fill in the blank. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, the dogs look great. This is really embarrassing. Is often, uh, man, I, you know what? You got to understand, I have 30 some slides. I can't remember what every one of them says. Uh, please be, bear with me on that. So I, I don't know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Praise the Lord, he's working in the sound booth. The, the, the kind of sacrifice required to both please the Father and prosper in the ministry is often misunderstood. It is. It's often misunderstood. And, and so, I'm scared. Where does the biblical sacrifice begin and where does it lead us then? Where does biblical sacrifice begin? If I'm asking, if I'm saying, if it's going to take sacrifice for the ministry to, to go and grow and to become what God wants it to be and to really take that step that we want to see in 2018, then what in the world is, what kind of, what's it going to look like? I mean, what does it, where does it start? Where does it lead us, this biblical sacrifice? Well, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It begins at an altar. That's where biblical sacrifice begins, at an altar. It always begins at an altar. So let's consider that passage, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. First of all, we see the reasoning. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you therefore, brethren. Notice there's a comma there after therefore. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, what we're going to see is that the word therefore links God's demand for the believer's body with those mercies that Paul has been describing in chapter 11 and throughout the book of Romans. That's what we're going to see. So, what I guess I'm saying is this. He goes on to say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. God is not in the business of strong-arming. He's not in the business of forcing His children to serve Him or to obey Him. God doesn't do that. You know, as parents, we have children in our home. And, of course, there's a point where we say, now, listen, you've got to obey mom and dad. That's the way it is. You know, and God wants us as children to obey him as well. But, you know, it's funny about things with God. He doesn't really force you to do anything. He may try to get your attention along the way, and he'll do a good job of that at times. But, you know what? In the end, it is still your decision whether or not you're going to allow God to have his way in your life. It's up to you. And you know what? In this particular case, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He's saying, I'm making a reasonable request in light of the mercies that I've bestowed upon each and every one of you. Well, what kind of mercies? Well, God saved us from sin. He saved us from its penalty. He saved us from its power. He saved us from ourselves. He saved us from self-destruction, if you will. I mean, that's the mercy of God in our life. God did all of that. We didn't do that. It's His mercies being demonstrated on you and I. And throughout Romans, again, Paul highlights the mercies that God has extended to you and I and throughout. Romans chapter 11, I said already that if you'd take the passage and you'd go back just a few verses from where he says, therefore, as a result of what you've just read, as a result of what you've just been told, taught, and shared, he says, for as ye in time past have not believed God, yet not, but have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. That's chapter 11. 
Now, it's interesting when you see that. See, God's gone as far as to orchestrate this whole affair with Israel in order to extend His mercy to you and I. And what I guess we're saying is, God allowed Israel in this situation to fail and falter. Why? So that you and I would have the privilege and the opportunity to be saved. That is God's mercy being exhibited. That's God's mercy being extended to you and I. So he goes back to chapter 11 and he says, now listen, here's what took place. Here's what transpired. I know it seems that I'm done with Israel, but I'm not done with Israel. But I have permitted Israel to take a a bit of a siesta, if you will, to step back for a while, to not be, uh, to, to really be blinded, if you will, spiritually, so that you, Gentiles, could come to Christ. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> and so he's saying that is God's mercy being enacted. That's God's mercy being exhibited and God's mercy being extended. So due to Israel's unbelief, we now have obtained mercy. We've obtained mercy. And because we've obtained mercy, the Bible goes on to tell us, at least there in that passage, that Israel will also obtain it. And God has concluded there in the end, and therefore, that everyone, both Jew and Gentile, are lost, are sinners, and in unbelief. And as a result of that, He now can have mercy on them. Everyone then. That's an amazing thing. Romans 3, 23 and 4. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's how we get saved, obviously. But that's how a Jew gets saved. That's how a Gentile gets saved. That's how everybody gets saved. And it's been all brought about by this idea that God has permitted some things to transpire and take place so that He could extend His mercy to you and I. Therefore. I beseech ye, therefore. I beseech ye, Therefore, he says, looking back on all those mercies I've extended to you, considering all the mercies I've given to you, therefore, I beseech you, therefore, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now we see the request. And again, it is a request, because God's not going to force you to do that. He says, basically here, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And we think about presenting something, and, and there's no doubt that one could consider, you know, even like in the military, I've brought this up, I've used this as an illustration a few times, when I've had to go see my CO or my commanding officer, I had to present myself. I had to be invited in, in that sense, which God certainly invites us to come to Him. But He says, present yourself, and I'd say... Mark O'Donnell, reporting for duty, sir. I present myself to my CO, my commander, my chief in that sense. And I'm saying I'm prepared, I'm ready. You give me the orders, I'll go. And that's what God's saying now. You present your bodies. Therefore, he says. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, when you consider what God has given you, when you consider how God has blessed, when you consider everything He's done, His mercy is a response, is, is, is the, 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 the reason why this is all possible, His wonderful mercies, and therefore, present your bodies a living sacrifice. You want you to do that, He says? And you know, when you think about presenting ourselves a living sacrifice, let's face it. Man, the altar comes in plain sight to you. You see an altar, don't you? When you present yourselves a living sacrifice, I don't know about you, but I envision an Old Testament altar. I I see an altar there, and possibly fire on that altar, and I'm offering myself up. And the Bible says that we need to die to self. We need to crucify self daily. We understand that. 
I read about a chicken and a pig. The chicken goes to the pig and says, you know, the farmer's been working real hard and I wonder if there's anything that we can do to encourage the farmer. Well, I've been thinking, the chicken says. I've been thinking and I thought we could make him breakfast. And the pig said, well, that's a good idea. I know he likes breakfast. The chicken said, well, wonderful. I know I'll provide the eggs. What will you provide? And the pig said, well, I don't know. And he said, uh, the chicken said, well, if I'm providing the eggs, then you provide the bacon. Well, you know what? The pig wasn't as excited about that as the chicken was. Because, see, the chicken was only going to contribute, but the pig had to make a real commitment. See, the believer's called upon to offer himself or herself up without reservation, without exception. Not to simply contribute, but to commit. And when the believer finally offers themselves, this is the wonderful thing. When they finally offer themselves without reservation or exception to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when you finally start living. I mean, that's when, I mean, that's the life, the Christian life. So many times we're so determined to hold on (laughs) to what we've got. And what we've got is really the flesh. And what we've got is a past experience. What we have is who and what we have become as a result of exercising our lives in this world, but the Lord says, you're a new creature now, so what I want to do is I want you to offer offer yourself to me, and then you'll really start living. See, it's when you die to self, you really begin to live as a believer. And so he's just saying, listen, um, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, By those mercies that God has provided for you. That you present yourselves a living sacrifice. No one's going to twist your arm. No one can make you do it. It's a voluntary choice. But don't forget what God has done. And don't forget how God has blessed. And don't forget how your life has been changed. And you now have a home in heaven. And you have Christ living in you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. Watch it, though. Holy, acceptable unto God. Now we see the requirement. Oh, he requests that we present ourselves, but what's the requirement to truly be presented? When you put yourself on that altar, he says, wait a second, this sacrifice, this living sacrifice has to be one that is holy and acceptable unto God then. Now, sin is addressed over here in Exodus 12, 5. You remember the situation. Remember Israel's planning on leaving. Uh, Israel's planning on, or the, actually the Hebrews were planning on leaving at that point, uh, the, the, the uh, Egypt, okay? They'd been captive. They'd been enslaved by the Egyptians. And now they're preparing to leave. And of course there were a number of plagues that God sent to try to wake up Pharaoh and those others. And ultimately, we find here in Exodus chapter 12 verse 5 uh, that the Lord is going to come and He's going to take the firstborn. And so instead of 
Israel paying the price. He says, listen, the only way you're going to dodge it, the only way you're going to get around it, the only way you're going to get through it without suffering the loss of your eldest son, the firstborn, he said, the only way you're going to get around that, get around the firstborn being taken, is you're going to have to, as we're going to see here, have a lamb. And you're going to have to take the blood and you're going to have to apply it to the doorposts and the lentil. And then when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. The Bible says, your lamb, that lamb, you had to have an animal pass uh, to die in order for the blood to be it had to be shed in order to put it on the doorpost and lentil. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Without blemish. Here's a sacrifice that's going to be made. A lamb is going to give its life so that others can live. And that lamb is going to die. And that blood's going to be, be placed upon the doorpost and lentil. But that lamb has to be without blemish. A male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. God is specific what he demands. And God is specific as to what he wants. Without blemish. We see a purification offering in Numbers chapter 19. Dealing with what's called the red heifer. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Adam, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer, watch, without spot, wherein is no blemish. And upon which never came yoke. I mean, now it's without spot and no blemish. See, the standard is an offering that is without spot or blemish, in other words. The sacrifice that has to be given to God, the one that God Himself will accept, is going to be a sacrifice without spot and without blemish. That sounds like a holy sacrifice. Notice what it says here now. The sins of the Savior approves of this kind. Malachi 1.13. He's not, he's not happy if you get anything but what he asked for. Because they tried to give him what he didn't ask for. People are always willing to give him seconds. People are always willing to give him the leftovers. That's been the case throughout history. And Israel was no different than even you or I. We're all in the same boat in this flesh. We're willing to give God something, just not necessarily what he asked for. Because what he asked for is the best. What he asks for is all, not just what we want to give him, but what he demands and what he wants, what he desires. And that's not always what we're willing to give. And here's his attitude toward it when it came to Israel. Ye said also, ye said also, behold, what a weariness is it. And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn and the lame and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Oh, they brought offerings to him, all right. They brought offerings to the Lord. The only problem is the offering they brought, he says, was sick. It was torn and lame. Ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, he says? Should I take it? Should I be willing to accept that offering that you bring me, even though I've required and asked that it be without spot, that it be without blemish, that it be holy and consecrated unto me? So God demands that kind of sacrifice. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, after everything I've given you all, don't forget the mercies that I've extended to you. 
as a result of those mercies, as you consider and go back through the book of Romans, as you recognize the salvation I've extended to you, who are so wicked and sinful and don't deserve any mercy, but I have extended it willingly and abundantly, present yourselves a living sacrifice. But holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service. We see the response. How should the believer view this request and requirement? I mean, the request was present ourselves a living sacrifice before God. The the requirement is present ourselves holy and acceptable to God. How should we respond then? As your reasonable service. As your reasonable service. Is that amazing? That's how you're to view it. You're going to lay it all on the altar. You're going to give yourself completely. You're going to present yourself a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy. And acceptable unto God. And you're going to say, you know what? That's only reasonable. Demanding my all is reasonable. Requiring everything from me and laying it all on the altar and being holy and separated from this wicked, sinful world. That's reasonable, God. That makes perfect sense to me. In light of your wonderful and magnificent mercies. That's the response. See, there's no coercion here. Again, God, God's not putting forth some high-pressure sales for this. He, he's, not forcing, he's not forcing the will to conform to His divine will. He has a will for your life. And it, it demands, it requires that you are a living sacrifice, that you present yourself to Him, holy, acceptable unto God. That's part of His purpose and plan for your life. But He's not going to make you do it. He's not going to force you to do it. He simply appeals to our reasonableness. and says, I know that you are reasonable people. And he points out how reasonable his request is in light of that magnificent and manifold mercy. Huh. Therefore, our 2018 theme is this. Your reasonable service. Amen. Your reasonable service. Yes, a living sacrifice. You know how tough it was for me? I'm, I'm kicking it back and forth. Should it be living sacrifice? Should it be your reasonable service? But I got thinking, it can't be anything but. It's your reasonable service. What does that? To be a living sacrifice. If we're going to go anywhere in 2018, if we're really going to accomplish what God's called us to do, then it's not just going to be a pastor or a staff. It's got to be the church that has this attitude. That it's only our reasonable service. Hold on. Remember, I told you already that sacrifice isn't always what we think it is. See, if I say, what is sacrifice to you today? You'd probably say, oh, staying up later. Oh, I have to do more work. I'm not talking about that. We just found out what the biblical sacrifice, where it begins. And we found out where it leads. 
It begins at an altar, presenting oneself a living sacrifice. It leads you to holiness. Can you imagine what we as a church could do if every last one of us made holiness our objective this year? If being acceptable to God was truly what we desired above all else, boy, what would that do for Community Baptist Temple as a whole? If each of us did our reasonable service, not unreasonable, mind you, not unreasonable in light of the mercies He's already extended. Read the book of Romans sometime. Consider what God has already done for us. And He says, when you consider that, therefore, I beseech ye, therefore, I beg you, therefore, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you're reasonable. That's how you ought to view it. Reasonable, sir. Some basic thoughts. Biblical sacrifice, as we said, begins at an altar and leads to holiness and service. Laying yourself on an altar is serving the Lord. That's what service really is. That's where it begins. The goal is not to succeed, but serve. And we only truly serve in what? Obedience. Do you know what the danger is sometimes for us? We get the idea that because, you know, I'm busy, then I must be right with God. I'm busy, therefore I, I'm being successful. I've got a lot going. You know that God is not impressed with what we do for Him? It's not what we do that matters as much as it who we are, as we're going to see in a moment. See, obedience is success. It's not, it's not a matter of whether or not you succeed in the world's eyes. That's not what God is really concerned about. See, God just wants you to obey Him. God wants you to be totally yielded to Him. And if you'll do that, then you are successful. We get the idea that today, maybe, and again, I, I, please forgive me, but someone, one of these young guys may look and say, well, Pastor O'Donnell's been successful in the ministry because look at this building. That's not success. This building is not success. This crowd is not success. Obedience is success. It's not whether this was filled or not. If I'm obeying God, then I am right where I should be. Now, if I'm not on that altar, if I'm not a living sacrifice, if I've not yielded, and surrender to Him and His will completely for my life, and this is not full, and this is not happening, then there's something wrong with me, not God. But then again, if I am, and this is empty, I'm still right where God wants me. And I'm successful, as successful as a man that builds his church to 10,000, as long as I'm obedient. We lose sight of that. We miss it sometimes. I mean, really, does activity equal success? Sometimes if we're not careful, we fall into that trap of believing it is. You just don't know how busy I am for the Lord. Well, that doesn't mean you're successful then. Yeah, but you don't know. I'm making a ton of visits and I'm, I'm teaching a Sunday school class and I'm running a bus and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But you know what? 
That doesn't mean you're successful. Why? Because it begins at an altar. You can do all those things and never once lay yourself on that altar. But if you'll lay yourself on an altar, i got a feeling there'll be some things God will be able to use you to do. But how many people in history and how many people in the church, and I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about the church in general, can be found busy, but not on an altar? Hey, listen, it's our reasonable service to get on that altar. That's reasonable. You say, but that'll change my life. That'll affect my relationship. That'll affect my future. It may, but let me tell you, you haven't started living until you get on that altar. God is not as concerned with what you do as He is with who you are. See, it's not about doing, but being. So, if we'll present ourselves in 2018... We will experience some things. First of all, we'll experience purpose. You'll experience purpose in your life. Anytime you place yourself in the will of God, every time that you make a decision to yield your will to His will, and that's not something someone can make you do. That's something you choose to do. You'll find purpose in that. Divine purpose. And that divine purpose will provide you with fulfillment and satisfaction. Too many times we're trying to define what success and happiness is in our own lives. And we miss the purpose of God. And we don't fulfill the purpose of God in our life. But remember, if we're going to truly sacrifice, then it starts somewhere at an altar. And it leads us somewhere to holiness. Boy, we get there with God and we are an acceptable sacrifice to Him. You are right in the middle of of divine purpose. And with that divine purpose, you will find power. Not the kind of power that advances your agenda, but the kind of power that enables you to be an effective tool in His hand. Not a power that points to you necessarily or draws attention to you or gives you some kind of unique ability. No, we're talking about a power that ultimately draws men and women to Him. And then with that will come potential. You have divine purpose and Holy Spirit supernatural power, then potential is, oh boy, it's off the charts. Steady growth, both spiritually and numerically, will happen. That's true in the church as well. It's going to happen. As the church lays itself on an altar, as individuals, as we as individual members and pieces and parts of this body, say, you know what, it's only my, it's my reasonable service. And we start laying our lives on that altar Holy sacrifices. Reasonable, I mean, uh, uh, pleasing unto the Lord. But I'll tell you what, and we've got the right spirit. It's just reasonable service. God's not asking too much of me. I'm not really sacrificing, really. Do, do you get with that? When you think that sacrificing is reasonable, do you know what happens? You don't think you're sacrificing anymore. 
You ever talk to a missionary that legitimately segregates? I'm not talking about somebody who goes to some big city overseas and has everything we have. I'm talking about mission. And I'm not saying that's not sacrificing to a degree. But I'm talking about those that ended up somewhere where there was no electricity or possibly they had to deal with the fact that they had to make good water and boil water before they could even drink anything. And they're out there somewhere where there's no, no sense of civilization even. You read about that back in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, back in the 1800s. You talk about certain missionaries and you think to yourself, they are out of their mind. Taking their wives and their children to that kind of environment, that's downright crazy. That is a tremendous sacrifice. You talk to them. If you had the privilege and opportunity to talk to them and said, boy, you're really sacrificing for God, they'd say, are you kidding me? After what he's done for me? It's my reasonable service. You don't have to feel sorry for me. It's my reasonable service. You know why I think so many times in the States we look at a missionary that's in a situation like that? Or we've got a few missionaries now that might be in kind of city situations, but they don't have electric half the time, and their water's not running all the time, and we look at that and go, wow, crazy, man. Maybe it's because... We're not on the altar like we ought to be. Maybe. Or we'd have the same view they do. That's our reasonable service. Potential. Amazing what will happen once we find divine purpose and Holy Spirit power and prosperity will come. You say, what kind? Well, I'm talking about stable marriages. I'm talking about stable homes. Talking about strong leadership. Those are the kind of things that will happen when men and women start laying themselves on altars, holy and acceptable unto God. I don't know. You may never be a millionaire. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that your marriages will be strengthened. What I do know is that your homes will be made stronger. What I'm confident of is that there will be greater leadership in the home and in the work environment, and everywhere you go, because God will have control of you, and He'll have control of me. Finally, peace. You find that divine purpose, and you begin to experience Holy Spirit power, and the potential that God has for you to grow and go for Him is increased Super, I mean, just unbelievably. You'll begin to see some prosperity in the most important areas of your life. And you're going to find peace that you've never had. A peace that comes through confidence in God. That provides peace of mind. That says no matter what comes my way, no matter what circumstance I have to face, I'll be okay because God is in it. He'll be there to meet my need. He'll be there to get me through. I can trust God in this situation. Well, we've entered a new era in our church history. Boy, it's time to really think big. But you know, thinking alone is not going to get it done. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There's no limit to what God can do with us as a church, as a ministry. As long as we do our reasonable service. 
It begins with an altar. It always does. And I'm not talking about this altar. You may be able to do that business at this altar. But it's an altar before God. It's not a physical altar. May God help you and I to do our, your reasonable service in 2018. See... When Paul the Apostle beseeches in chapter 12, verse 1, he's not talking to the preacher. He's talking to the people. Paul is the preacher, if you will. He's sharing the message at that point. Now, Paul lived a life that he could say, follow me basically as I follow Christ. Do what I do. Live how I live. Think how I think. Because mind is the mind of Christ. But when he makes this request, he's sharing it with the church body. This is not, well, that's good for the pastor. That's good for the staff. That's good for trustees. That's wonderful for church, for teachers and workers on buses. I'm just a member of Community Baptist Temple. I just come here to church. I mean... That's who he's talking to. Believers. The body. And that's all of us here today. We're all in that body. And Paul is speaking to us through the inspired word of God today. And the Lord said, I'm going to save this for you. Preserve it for you to 2018. Because I want that pastor and that people to hear my request. And so tonight we have heard the request. This year we have a lot going on. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, I wonder today, will we allow the Lord to have everything? I mean, will we make up our mind to present ourselves unto the Lord? A living sacrifice, holy. See, we can't really give ourselves a living sacrifice unless we're an acceptable one. He wants that sacrifice to be without spot and without blemish. You'll notice it's important to say living sacrifice because the Old Testament ones were what? Dead ones. But in this New Testament we live in, when you truly sacrifice on His behalf and lay down your life on His altar, holy and acceptable, that's living. Holiness. Purity. That makes the difference, doesn't it? And that's what God's calling us to do. To be that which is holy and acceptable in His sight. Jim, why don't you come up and play something real quick. Let's have just a quick, brief altar call. And then I'm going to go ahead and share one more time just a couple of things we've got coming up, but we're going to close this out in just a moment. But I feel like this is a good spot here. I don't know where you're planning on being in another three months from now. I'm not talking about here 
building-wise. I expect you to be here. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be. But where will you be spiritually? Service is not about whether you're on that bus or not today. Sacrifice, I mean. Sacrifice isn't about being on a bus. Sacrifice isn't about being at soul winning every week. Sacrifice isn't about that. That's not what I'm getting at, and that's what I want you to understand. It begins at an altar. Have you laid yourself on that altar? Have you presented yourself to Jesus Christ, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God? I think the holy part keeps us from offering. But God wants us to make that offer and make a decision to live holy. May God help us to be those sacrifices we ought to be in 2018. Father, we come to you. We thank you for these last few moments as we've unveiled our theme, our, your reasonable service. Father, help us, Lord, as we move forward. May each of us, every member, every person that attends Community Baptist Temple, make a decision to become and to be that living sacrifice as we consider your wonderful mercies in our life. May we understand it to simply be our reasonable service.